This is CliffCentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and CliffCentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law, like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on CliffCentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makoko-Klela. Welcome, Lions. Dumela Gary and Dumela to our podcasters, as well as our guests. And I can't wait. December is just upon us. I'm so excited. Lions, today we have a two-part show. First up, uh, we're going to be talking about certain scams mm-hmm. uh, for 10 minutes or so. And thereafter, we're going to be talking about the law on car rentals. That will go on for a while. Very, very interesting. Uh, first up, though, uh, let's... Uh, Let's do our online scams. Uh, it's that time of year, lines, as you know, in particular. Money, that, money, money. Yeah, criminals are going all out to get their dirty paws on our money. I wish I could get into a bank account. <laughs> I don't know about mine. We really need to wise up and watch out. And uh, the latest crime, uh, crime trends are scary and often highly sophisticated. The person who has her finger on the pulse and knows where the skeletons are lurking this Christmas season is the CEO of the South African Banking and Risk Information Center known as SABRIC. It's the fabulous... Kalyani Pele. Hello. Welcome to you, Kalyani. Thanks, Gary. And hi, Lionel. Thank you very much for coming, Pele. Good to see you. You're looking lovely as always. Thank yes, you. Yes, Good. Let's talk firstly about SABRIC, if you can sum it up quickly for us. Who and what is SABRIC? Sure, Gary. SABRIC is the South African Banking Risk Information Center, and we are a not-for-profit organization um, that's uh, been established by the major banks in South Africa to assist the South African licensed banks fight organized crime. So as part of our work, we, of course, create awareness among South Africans and particularly bank customers so that they don't become victims to bank-related crime. Kalyani, uh, today we need your uh, real good advice on how to keep our money safe this festive season. And I know that most of us, uh, millions of South Africans, in fact, I read somewhere that 18, 10 Americans, 80% of Americans are shopping online. And I don't know what our percentage is, but it's going up and up. And uh, with so many millions of us South Africans shopping online, criminals are on the lookout for easy prey. Uh, so talk to us about card online shopping scams and what's going on. Well, certainly, Gary, and I think particularly relevant at this time is next Friday is Black Friday. So, of course, lots of people will be shopping online. And, you know, we always say to people, if you get an offer that's too good to be true, then, of course, you should be a bit concerned. But I suppose with next week, with Black Friday and all the offers, so obviously people are going to be they are going to be getting bargains. So I think some of the things we want to say to bank customers, especially if you if you're shopping online, which is a great way to shop, of course, is just to be careful and don't get caught up in the whole emotion of all the of all the good deals that you're going to be getting or purport to get. Uh, and look out for things like HTTPS in the URL. Look out for the closed lock sign. 
at the top also, especially if you're going to be putting your card details in your expiry date, your CVV number. Uh, you know, those are the kind of things that we're saying to people all the time. Just watch out that you're on a safe site before you actually start transacting. One of the all, very important things also is never, ever email this information to anybody, your bank information, your PIN, password, expiry dates. It's it's a not negotiable. Uh, if you're buying from someone and they're asking you to email, unfortunately, you should stop that transaction. Um, and then watch out. I think one of the other things, because time is always a problem, I thought that I'd just share with the, uh, with you, with your listeners is, uh, Issues around Wi-Fi because we all want to use Wi-Fi and then especially when we, we're transacting online and using all our smart devices. Uh, and we just wanted to let people know that there are so many different ways that the perpetrators actually try to get access to your information. And one of the things is crack. And this is crack, K-R-A-C-K. It stands for key reinstallation attack. So it's basically an attack that actually bypasses uh, the security protocols used by most uh, routers and devices to encrypt your information. But I mean, I, without ha- wanting to cause any panic amongst everybody, uh, the perpetrators have to be within uh, wi- the Wi-Fi um, uh, range of of the person. So of course, it reduces the the, the attack surface quite a bit. So they need to be quite close by. So I think, you know, we we want to use free Wi-Fi everywhere. Just uh, you know, be careful. Note that. Uh, and, and be, be mindful of what kind of information you, you, you're putting or you're sending out when you're actually using Wi-Fi that you're not familiar with. Uh, don't ever do any financial transaction if the Wi-Fi is not secure. In other words, if it doesn't call for a password, uh, you know, don't do your banking on, 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 on such Wi-Fi networks as well. And also in your homes. I mean, we all have Wi-Fi in our homes these days and that's how we're actually doing, um, you know, we, we, we communicating electronic via this network because it's fast and it's, and it's great. Uh, but make sure that even with your with your router in your homes that you actually have the password change. You know, when you, when you when you have it installed, you tend to think that everything is fine and you have a password to to log on or to get access to the password. But you forget about the fact that your router actually comes with the default uh, password, and you should actually go and change that. So it's just you know some of the advice that we're giving people to make sure that your network is safe. And that when you do your transactions online, that you, you, you also take care of your, your, yourself in terms of your, your behavior needs to change. Just don't go onto any old site and, and start putting all kinds of information so in. So Kalyani, I'm walking around in Santon City, there's free sure. Wi-Fi. I'm also walking around the airports where there's free Wi-Fi and internet cafes, conference centers. Is that dangerous for you to go into my banking? Our advice would be rather be cautious, rather Mm. be a little bit paranoid, and don't do any transaction where you have to put in your card number, your CVV uh, number, your expiry date, your PIN, your password, anyway. Don't go into your internet banking if you are on a network that is not password restricted and if you don't know that network. Yeah, Madam, so there are thousands of people <coughs> walking around using their. No, true, and uh, and we recently just heard about uh, the new scam where people take people's numbers and they use their numbers to actually get into their banking details. Mm. And how prevalent is that in terms of actually online uh, well, banking? Well, well, you know, um, it's you, you can't just take somebody's. I think that's an important thing, Lionel, because we what we want to say to people as well is that. 
if criminals get hold of your personal information, it doesn't necessarily give them access to your banking accounts. It doesn't give them access to your banking platform. They would need to get access to uh, your confidential information. And your confidential information would be your password, your PIN number, um, you know, your username, that kind of thing. So your personal information would be I- information like your your phone number, your contact details, your identity document. So just having your passport details, having that won't give them access to your bank account. That's why you need to make sure that your confidential information is really kept very safe and that you protect it at all times. Kalyani, earlier you mentioned there's a certain the HTTPS encryption. What exactly must we look for? So, so in the URL at the top of the, of the website, you will see, you know, when it says HTTP. Yes. When you're doing a transaction where you now have to put in your card details, Mm. you must look at the top. When it takes you to the page where you need to do the payment, you must make sure that it is, it says HTTPS because the S will tell you Mm. that that is a secure site. Uh, a site that you're on. Also look for the locked sign, which is the closed lock sign. But over and above that, uh, Gary, mm-hmm. I think it's very important for, for, for bank customers, especially if they're doing online transactions, um, to register for 3D Secure. So you go into your bank's website, type in the URL your bank's her web address yourself. Don't click on a link to get there. So Take the time to type www your bank's web address. Mm-hmm. Get in, register for 3D Secure. And what this does is that it's a second level of authentication. So when you're doing a transaction, it will actually call for a security the, the the OTP, which needs to be put in. And, of course, that gets sent to another device that you choose. So it's just important to have layers of security uh, as opposed to just having one thing in place. I also read that one should should purchase online from a reputable store, even if it's a little more expensive than the people that are offering these so-called bargains. The bargains could be a bit dangerous. It, it, in terms careful. of shopping? Yeah. Yes, and I, th- I, th- I think, you know, very often, especially now coming up to holiday season, a number of people might not have booked holiday accommodation as yet, as an mm. example. And we found that a prevalence over the last couple of years around holiday accommodation, especially just close to Christmas Eve, where people are really looking for last-minute bargains and for for you know that kind of thing, and between Christmas Eve and New Year's uh, New Year's Day, we found many people having become victims of a scam where um, cheap accommodation or accommodation at a good price was offered, and of course they grab this and they go ahead and they're so excited that at the last minute they got this great deal, only to find that then there's no communication, there's no confirmation of the accommodation. It probably doesn't even exist. Mm-hmm. So you. You know, just when you're doing any online transaction, just stay calm. You know, don't be uh, ma- manipulated emotionally by what, what you know what you see and by the adverts. Uh, you know, we just have to keep our wits about ourselves when we when you we. Know, I think this. the best tool of all is knowledge, which we're getting from you, and uh, we value your input very much. This is very this is invaluable information. Just be careful and tread cautiously. Uh, your motto. I think this year is beware the skeleton is lurking in this Christmas season. Yes, absolutely. Where did you come up with that one? Well, you know, uh, Gary, we, yeah. we launched the whole skeleton uh, concept 
uh, in April last year. And it's, uh, you know, it's one of the ways to communicate to people, um, letting them get a sense of how the criminal actually thinks and what they're actually looking out for. And I certainly will encourage your listeners to follow us. Uh, you know, they can follow hashtag Skellum, uh, on, on Twitter or Sabric ZA or, you know, even go onto our Facebook page at Sabric. There's lots of information or on our website. Uh, unfortunately, the time today won't allow us to go through all of the, the advice and the tips and the guidance that we give bank customers, but there's certainly lots there for people. There's a fortune to, on your website, yes, sabric.coza. Yes. Yeah. yes. You're off, you're always rushing somewhere. We get you for 10 minutes and that's it. You probably, yeah. uh, I think your plans in a hour or two. So many thanks for rushing in here and rushing out. Not a problem. And uh, Gary. we yeah. hope to see you if you can make it next week. We just got sure. to just get the uh, follow up message on all kinds of other scams. That Absolutely. Are out there. I'll certainly yeah. be here. It's, you're always so charming. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be in your company. Many thanks. That's Kalyani Pile. She's the boss of Sabrick. <laughs> Thanks to them as well. Kalyani, take care. And Thank you very much. Ray Stardach, Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And for your to our listeners, please don't go away. We're bringing in a man who's going to talk to us about car rental contracts and the law surrounding that. We'll be right back. Thank you. This is CliffCentral.com. I'm, I'm Gary Hertzberg and this, I was taken by surprise, <laughs> is the Laws of Life on CliffCentral.com. Alongside me today is the very lo- smiley Lionel Makokotlela. Welcome, Lions. Thank you very much, Gary, and welcome to our podcasters and our guests today. As usual, we play the uh, disclaimer, which didn't come up today, but uh, I think uh, all our listeners know that there is a disclaimer and that this show is... M- Purely for entertainment purposes. And we are not going to be held liable if anything goes according not to the plan. Absolutely. Today's show lines is about the law on car rental contracts. Interesting, Gary, because I'm going on holiday and I'll be renting a car. So I just need to know about well, the you, You're one of millions of South Africans that are going to be renting cars. Yes. So we're going to hear all about it. That's why we've raised this topic today, Lines. Thank you. Now, here's something that I'm sure has happened to you because it has happened to me and I know it's happened to Lionel. It's the one, Lines, where you stand in the long queue at the, at the car rental kiosk. You're dead tired after your flight. You're waiting for your turn. Eventually, you get to the front and the consultant says, sir, how can I help you? Let me tell you about our waivers. And you look at this like, no, what the hell is a waiver? So she goes on. She says, well, firstly, we have the damage and theft waiver. Or we have the collision damage waiver. Or, sir, I can offer you a very popular super collision damage waiver, hmm. known by our clients as the super duper collision damage waiver. And or, she says, how about... The theft loss waiver. And Nochal, sir, if you would like, we still have some super theft loss waiver on offer. So, sir, what would you like to waiver? And uh, just initial here, there's a circle, just initial there quickly. Give me your credit card and you're on your way. We've got your keys. We've got the lot. And I look at this and I say, all I want is a car. But all I wanted was a car. On today's show, <laughs> indeed, all I want is a car. 
You've just said a mouthful. I'm so confused with those legal jargons. Waiver this, waiver that. Absolutely. I hope you are going to break it down into nitty gritty so that we get to understand the legality of it. Otherwise, we're going to wave you goodbye, Lance. Oh, certainly. So t- on today's show, we're joined by a legend on the law of car rental contracts. He's the group legal advisor of Barla World Automotive. Which includes uh, Everson Budget. Wow. He's highly qualified. He has a Bachelor of Law degree, a Master's of Law, and he has the prestigious Master of Business Leadership title. We've got the best of the best today on the subject. Indeed. Welcome to you, sir, Eugene Tome, T-O-M-E. Thank you, Gary and Lionel. Thank you very much. Thank you for gracing us with your presence here. Okay, so Eugene's going to be chatting to us, Lions, about waivers and all kinds of issues that face you when you're going to rent your car. You've got to know all this. We're going to be, during the show, taking questions from our collaborative partner, Legal Talk South Africa, who now have about 134 plus, 134,000 members. And it's constantly growing. And by the way, Gary, we haven't actually given people the information in terms of our website. I mean, our email, website, Okay, Twitter. so Lange, you give the Twitter handle if you want. At Hetzlaw, H-E-R-T-Z-L-A-W. Facebook, Facebook page, uh, The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg, and our email is law at cliffcentral.com. Thank you very much. Okay, so let's kick off a very warm, a warm welcome, Eugene. You, you're gonna, you are under the spotlight today, but I think you're a big boy. You can withstand it all. <laughs> let's take a question from a Legal Talk SA member. It's a, from a guy called Paul. He says the following. He says, good day, everyone. My wife and I were in an accident last year in a rented car. Oh, sorry. The accident wasn't our fault. The car rental company took 14,000 excess and up until today, I haven't seen any of the money. Like I mentioned, the accident wasn't my fault and the car rental company kept telling me the insurance company of the other person have gone bankrupt or something and uh, they can't get my money back. Is there any info uh, on how I can resolve this? And... uh, yeah, so he was the person who had rented a car and he had an accident and the excess, with the excess be 14,000, Eugene, is that sounds a bit, a lot, doesn't Gary, it? Gary, I think, you know, it depends from car rental to car rental company as well as the type of vehicle that you're renting. All the groups of vehicles have got different liability amounts. Yeah. Um, we don't refer to an excess, uh, basically, that's an insurance term. And when we deal with waivers, it's important to make a distinction between comprehensive insurance and waivers. And I'm sure we're going to go into more detail a bit later in respect well, thereof. Okay, so Eugene, let me give you another question that came in. Then we can differentiate and we can talk about it at length. This comes from Lisa. She says, a man driving a rental car crashed into our parked car. He and a witness filled out police report, etc., which we then submitted to the rental company along with photos. The rental company is self-insured, so she says their claims department had been looking into the merits and uh, nothing happened. Then the next day she posts something again. She says towards the end of yesterday, the car rental company in question emailed us their policy, which apparently absolves them from any third-party responsibility. Sorry, I find it unbelievable, she says. Or he says that a car rental company can allow people to be on the road without third-party insurance. So we have two scenarios. One where it was driven, a person was driving a car rental, car rental car, and then another person was hit by one of those. Gary, okay, maybe we start with the first one. And yeah. what is always important to remember is that when you rent a vehicle, make sure that you read the terms and conditions of the contract. 
The contracts all differ from car rental company to car rental company. But and sorry, Eugene, I'm going to cut in yes. there. When do you expect me to sit, stand at the kiosk and say, hold on, there's a 400 people behind me. Let me read the terms and conditions that I don't understand to start with. No, it's important. It's a fact. It does happen. However, those terms and conditions are available on all the websites of the car rental companies, and it is available on request from the car rental company as well. Uh, people who rent vehicles quite often will be a fay with the terms and conditions. They do read it. But I think it's nothing uncommon in a car rental contract or banking contract or anything else. People don't read the agreements. Absolutely. They, they yeah. take it in good faith, and they actually sign everything blind. And that's dangerous to do with it's car rental or anything else for that matter. Okay. Good point. Uh, I don't think any of us will ever read a bond that's placed before us or a deed of sale or whatever we're buying uh, when you buy a car. I mean, we just, we, we, we don't, no one, no one explains it to us. You could go on your website. I did and I had a look and there was the, the terms and conditions were there, but I'm a lawyer. I was preparing for the show. So I'm one of the few that would ever do this unless it's the legal advice of some big company. That would want to know, but generally the public lines, you're not going to go and look at the terms and conditions. Are no, you? Uh, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, I would just be looking forward to my holiday, yeah. like I said, <laughs> and That's the car. The terms and conditions are enough to put you off your holiday, I think. Certainly, because uh, it seems like there's a lot of administration that actually needs to be taken into account, which is very important that we need to actually um, be informed about these things now before we actually get into the contractual uh, agreement. Okay, so that's why we're here today. The uh, waivers is not as complicated as everyone thinks, and I think that's the point you make on your website as well. Ava says, if you're renting a car, it's not that it's not that difficult here it all is and they give it to you so let's there are a number of waivers and maybe you can take us through slowly the different waivers and what we should look to do and look out for now we can do that certainly i mean you've got the collision damage waiver as you already referred to in the first couple of sentences you entered you've got the theft lost waiver and then you've also got a tire and windscreen damage waiver that is offered by the company um, if we go to the damage waiver first, mm-hmm. um, as I said, it's important to note that the, the, the waiver is not insurance. It is a product that is available, non-compulsory, and you get different levels of waivers. You get the normal waiver and then the super waiver or the super duper one that you referred to <laughs> earlier on. Yes. Depending on the type of waiver you take, your responsibility amount would be determined Yes, And that would be the amount you would be liable for in the event of damage to the vehicle or any part of the vehicle where an incident or accident occurs. The, the lower the am- Sorry, let's go slowly. I'm renting a car. If I'm involved in a collision, whether it's my fault or not, exactly. I want to make sure that I'm not held liable by you, the rental company. And that's why we offer the waivers. Now, let's talk, does that collision damage waiver, the first one? Yes. Does that cover me in full or is it only a percent? It, it's a, it's a, well, let's call it a percentage. Yeah. If you take the waiver, once again, depending on the level of the waiver you take, if you take the general wa- waiver, you will be given a liability amount on your rental agreement, which is the amount you would be liable for in the event of loss or damage to your vehicle. Yeah. That would be the only amount you would be liable for provided you haven't breached any of the terms and conditions of the rental agreement. Once again, the terms and conditions of the rental agreement is important. If there's no breach of the rental terms and conditions, you will be only billed the amount that reflects on your rental agreement. Is that normally a percentage? It is calculated per vehicle group, 
So mm. it takes the average value of the vehicle and it is then calculated into a percentage. For argument's sake, if you take a general waiver uh, or the, the limited waiver, it could be an amount of, say, for argument's sake, 14,000 in the example that you've used. Mm. If you ever opt for the super waiver, that amount could be drastically reduced and you could be in, once again, just an example, for two and a half thousand rand. Okay, so Lionel's going to hire what, an A? What's, what's the... Well, your B and your C class is B the most and popular. B and C class, probably. Lines, and what me. that entails yeah. uh, in what's, what's, what's a, a polo or something? Once or? again, it differs yeah. from via, uh, car rental company to car rental company, but your yeah. polo is the most popular one. That's a Group B normally that, okay. that you would rent. So we rent a Group B. The uh, If we don't take out any waiver at all. Then you would be liable for the actual, actual loss or damage incurred if you're driving that vehicle and it is involved in an accident. The full amount? The full amount. So if the hmm. car really, whether it's my fault or not, I'm, exactly. I'm driving without insurance, which I wouldn't do in my own car. If, if One more, I must understand, I mean, it's, it's an asset of the company. Yeah. Um, there's very few places you can go with a credit card with a limit of, say, 10,000 rand yeah. and take an asset of nearly 300,000 rand without providing proper security, having credit vetting being done on you, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, sorry, uh, Eugene. Do rental companies uh, allow me not to take any waiver at all? They do. Then the risk is on you in respect of all the damage or loss of that vehicle. Wow. Yeah, so yeah, that, that, that's, that's, okay. that's dangerous. Right? No, it yeah. is, yeah. So if you, hit an, if you hit a Porsche or something, you're in for millions. And if you hit by a Bucky or whatever, you're in for the value of the, the color. Yes. That's without any waiver that's at all. That's without any waiver at all. Okay. I then take out the first one, and then there's a percentage that I'm liable for. Would you say what roughly? I'm not privy to how that's okay. calculated, so um, it will appear on your rental agreement, and there's okay. various factors that are taken into account in calculating what that amount would be. Okay. That's called the collision damage waiver. That does, is correct. Does that cover theft? It does not. That's why we offer the theft loss waiver. Okay. So it's separate. They're distinct and separate from one another. Okay. So I have to, is it like, is it like a premium I'm paying for the? Well, we, we don't like to refer to it as a premium. Once again, it's not an insurance product. Yes. But it is an amount that you pay per day. Yes. For either of the waivers that you opt for. Yeah. And once again, in theft loss waiver, you also have the different levels of waivers which protect you. And depending on the level, once again, your responsibility amount or your liability amount would be either higher or lower depending on what you take. Yes, On the security issue, do the cars have a tracking system, a tracking device? For security purposes, I can't divulge that information okay. as to whether they all have or not. Um, once again, some, some vehicles do, some vehicles don't. Okay, Eugene, um, okay, so I've got to take out the collision damage waiver, the theft waiver, and that will cover me to an extent. That is correct. Yeah. Then we have the super-duper, well, let's just call it the super-collision damage waiver. Which one is that? It's exactly the same as the, the normal collision damage waiver. However, if you opt for the super waiver, your liability or responsibility amount is greatly reduced. So your, your liability will be less in the event of an accident um, with the vehicle. No, would you would I be correct in saying that ninety percent of people take out just the limited one, the, the very first one, or am I wrong? I don't know. It all depends. We, we've seen an uptake on the super waivers. Uh, mm. People realize they always try and get to pay as little as possible in the event of an incident. However, it, it is a cost implication because your super waiver is more expensive than your normal collision damage waiver. 
So it all depends on the customer's appetite for risk at the end of the day. Lines, you've heard this. What are you going to do? I'm going to consider uh, actually. (laughs) Am I correct, Lines, that the waiver could be sometimes more or, or very, could it be what percent of the the rental? Well, you said you you're not at liberty to. It's not necessarily on a percent of the of, but of the that's rental. A, that's a great expense. Would I mean? Do you take the risk? Do the car rental companies take the risk of just giving the car to people without them taking out any waiver? We do. Hmm. We cannot you've force got their anyone credit card. to take the waiver. You're holding their credit card. We, well, we're not holding their credit card. We take yeah. a we take a hold or yeah. deposit on the credit card for the value of the rental. Yes. Uh, the rental amount that would be due and payable at the end of the rental, as well as the liability amount. What happens if Lionel has a prang, and he hasn't take out, taken out any waiver, and he damaged another car, and his own and your own, and the total value of the two damages is ten thousand. Do you take that off his credit card? Is that how car rental companies work? Well, it depends on whether the credit card would have 10000 10, on it. Yeah. When the accident or incident report is completed in the event of an accident, um, the renter also gives us authorization to debit the credit card with the damage that is incurred at the time. Uh, if not, of course, then we have to follow a process of recovering the, the damage value from the renter. Yeah, I mean, car rental companies must be suing thousands of people. I, I, I don't want you to answer that from your own experience, but that must be so because many, many thousands of people are not taking out any insurance at all or well, waiver. Once again, yeah. again not insurance, uh, yeah, waivers. Waiver. Um, the, as I said, there's an uptake on waivers. Yeah. So many people do take waivers, but irrespective of that, you also get instances where the waivers are taken, but there's a breach of the terms and conditions, and we have to go after the individual for the damage to our vehicle and or the, th- the third party for that matter. I may be incorrect on this one. Uh, it's just from what someone said. Uh, in America, in the USA, your own policy that covers you and your car can be used to cover you when you hire a car. Is, is there truth in that? or would you I, I cannot comment on that. We yeah. must remember that the laws differ in the various states of America as well as general in terms of the application of insurance. Mm. Um, in South Africa, the laws are totally different than what they are in the U.S., um, and we apply the, the, the South African standards uh, for our purposes. Sorry, so what is the answer here? That I can't use my own insurance? Well, many insurance companies would not allow you to put your vehicle Onto your general insurance. As a matter policy. of interest, why? I'm asking you to express an that, opinion. That is uh, something I can't answer. That's something I need I'm to getting be taken a kind up of a new insurance industry. Yeah, I'm getting a newish car from from you people. It's probably newer than my own car, and it's possibly safer than my own car. Why wouldn't they cover it? it, it That's a good question. Yeah, it's a good question. Is it something that the uh, car rental companies probably don't want because the waiver is a great source of income? It is a source of income, but yeah. we we're not anti it. Um, yeah. Once again, we must also understand that the latest study shows that 70% of vehicles on our road are actually uninsured. Is that so? Mm. Yes. Mm. Which oh. is a major problem. Yeah. Mm. Lange, are you cool on the waivers? You know <sighs> Gary, I need to really apply my mind. I need to read on it and really... Well, this is it, Lange. You're going you're gonna, to very soon, you're going to walk up to the counter and the lady's going to say, do you want collision damage waiver? Your Your question will be, can you explain the, the various ty- the amounts, the, exactly. the limits, uh, how much no, is it going to cost? Certainly. Yeah. Certainly that's how I'm going to approach it. And thank God for this uh, podcast because it's going to give me all the information that I need to really um, ask the, the person behind the counter. 
Because a lay person on the other side of the counter does not know anything about this until the yeah. damage is done. Well, what she does know, Lyons, mm. is she knows the amount that you're going to pay the lady behind the counter, whereas Eugene's not telling you that now. She's going to tell you. Yes. So you've got to, on the spur of the moment, make a decision. You've got to say, how much is it going to cost me uh, for for a part waiver and then for a better waiver and the super duper, and you're going to make that decision. Certainly. And the people behind you are Clicking their heels and you know trying to get to the front. Ah, uh, they'll have you, to. Yeah. They'll have to swallow the humble pill. <laughs> okay, so maybe you, just on that yeah, point, you don't yeah. have to wait till you get to the counter. When you do your reservation, you can ask those questions, and it can be explained to you at that point in time. Okay, that's okay. a good one. You do it with uh, the yes. call center people yes. instead of standing in the queue doing it. Yes, excellent. Okay, anything else on the waivers, Eugene? We uh, well, I haven't really answered the two questions that you posed to me in respect of the, the I don't know whether you want me to yes, answer them do. in yeah, detail. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, if we go to the first one that was posed where the renter is now faced with a bill of 14,000 yes. rand in respect of its responsibility or liability amount. Yeah. Once again, that's a contractual arrangement between the renter and the car rental company. I don't know which car rental company it is. However, that is the liability or excess that they refer to, but the liability amount that would appear on the rental agreement, which is a non-waivable amount in the event of damage to the vehicle. So yeah. that is the amount that we will be billed to the renter, yeah. provided that the damage is in excess of the 14,000 rand. Mm-hmm. So that's the maximum amount that you would pay. If the damage, if the vehicle is a write-off and it's 300,000 rand damage, that would be the bill that the renter face at the end of the day, the 14,000 rand. If it's less, the initial amount of 14,000 will be debited. And at the time the final damage is then determined, uh, a refund will be given to the renter if it's less than 14,000 rand. However, in that case, um, I think that's the one where the car, in, the insurance company has gone bust on the, th- yes. on, on, on the, th- on the, the, the so third So there's party. no recovery there. There's no recovery. So unfortunately no. that renter is going to be faced with that bill. Mm. The second, yeah, the second question from Lisa and her husband was, uh, they were crashed into, a, their car was parked and a rental car hit them. Yeah. Exactly, and no fault of these. Yes. Now their recourse is to go to the rental company first and foremost, which they've done correctly. Yeah. Um, I am not sure why the rental company has not come back to them and the time periods it take. However, um, once again, car rental companies differ from one another in terms of what they cover and what they don't cover. Yeah. Um, the statement there is that third party is uh, not covered in terms of the policy of the rental company there. I'm not sure whether it's the policy or the terms and conditions. Um, uh, it could be the, the terms and conditions in my view. Uh, it differs from I mean, what she says here, or he, the husband and wife, they say, I find it unbelievable that a car rental company can allow people to be on the road without, th- without insurance. And, well, and we discussed this already. Yes. I also found it a bit unbelievable, yes. truthfully. You're giving away a, a massive, I mean, I can, I can hire, I, I can rent a, a Porsche from you people yes. with no insurance, with no waivers. With no waivers. And really? the risk, unfortunately, yeah. would be with, with you at that point in time. Do, I mean, do you, you don't even do a credit check on me when I, when I hire that, when I rent that Porsche. I mean, not if you're renting my credit card. Because the assumption would be that the banks have done their credit checks. As long as you can afford the rental, we will rent the vehicle to you. The advice you've given me today is, in one respect, fantastic. Please phone when you phone and make the booking. That's when you ask the questions as to your liability. That would make make very sure that you know 
lines when you make that booking, Mm -hmm. not at the counter, but when you phone the call center, they have to tell you what you're in for and the various waivers. Then you know when you drive the car out, this is the worst that can happen. Certainly. You you don't have to go and study anything like you're doing now. You can just get it from the call center, and and that that information then is put onto the agreement. Is it recorded? The invoice is then transferred onto the agreement at the time of rental. Excellent. Do they record the conversation? Because I presume this is going to be telephonic conversation. Yes, most call centers oh, okay. are recorded. No, thank you. I'm I'm speaking on our behalf. Yeah. Okay. Even if it's you know even if you rent from a company that doesn't record it, it will be on the. It must stipulate on the contract. It does it stipulate? Does it say you'll get a, a quote? And if you accept the quote, of course, when the rental agreement is generated prior to the rental, it will all be transposed onto the front of the rental agreement. Let's just move away from waivers for the moment. Uh, one of our listeners said, uh, we rented a car and I was the authorized driver. On the way to our holiday destination, I developed a migraine and I couldn't drive with care. So I said to my wife, please take over. Um, I don't think, I think he was the designated driver and his wife was somewhere with him. What happens if he was in an accident and, and did have waiver? And Under normal circumstances, that would be, a breach of the terms and conditions. The terms and conditions of most car rental companies state that unless you have an additional driver listed, yeah. which is authorized and noted on the agreement by the car rental company at the time of rental, then that would be a breach, an unauthorized driver, and your waiver would become null and void and you'll be liable for the damage to the vehicle. However, one must be in mind instances of sudden emergency. Mm-hmm. And is it fair to state at that point in time that if someone is driving with a blinding headache and can't see, isn't that more dangerous than allowing the spouse to drive at that point in time? Once it, again, the yeah. merits of each case will determine what happens. Absolutely. Isn't the obvious answer to pick up the phone, phone the call center and say, hey, this is what's happened. Can I let my wife drive? I just want to notify you. There's a bit of a snag there. Is there? Because people are not mm. always honest. Mm. They would have an accident, then phone the call center ah. and list the additional driver. There I are see. certain rules. Yeah. That will have to be followed if you want to list an additional driver after the fact. It shows you how naive I am about certain <laughs> things. Yeah, absolutely. And it happens. Unfortunately, it does. Wow. Talk to us about this deposit that you hold and the authorization on credit cards. How does that work? You have alluded to it, but just take us through some uh, more. If, if you pay by credit card and you arrive at the rental station, of course, you'll have to present your credit card, uh, your method of payment that we refer to. And at that point in time, authorization will be taken to ensure, first of all, you've got the funds available for the estimate rental amount and what and, and any extras that you've opted for, like a baby seat, etc., etc. If that amount, for argument's sake, comes to 5,000 Rand for the rental period, then we would place a hold via the bank on that amount on your credit card. So the availability of funds on your card is reduced by 5,000 Rand. We don't physically debit your card at that point in time, mm. but we hold that as a security. The harsh reality with car rental is if you go on holiday, you arrive by plane, the tickets are paid for. You go to a hotel, you book out, you pay for it. The last item that needs to be paid when you go back on the plane is the car rental. Yes. And if I haven't looked at my spend, I could arrive at the rental station and not have funds available on the mm. card. Mm. So therefore, we make sure that we are at least covered for our portion in respect thereof, and you can't use the hold amount. So you're holding for the value of the… Of the, re- the estimate of the rental, rental and, and one or two other amounts. That I, I mean, need. are you holding for damage to the vehicle? The liability amount. 
Okay. Not the damage to the vehicle. An estimate as well as a refuel charge. And if I've got no waiver at all? Well, then it would be the rental estimate. We oh. can't take a, a 300,000 300, hold, uh, yeah. hold on your car. That's the end of the, the holiday. Well, not on my card for that minute. Funny also be us. Yeah. But fun, uh, what happens potholes? What happens if I hit a pothole and extensive damage to the rented vehicle? Once okay. again, it's important to read your terms and conditions. It, it, it will differ from car rental company to car rental company. However, a pothole is a reality in life at this point in time. Mm. And we will look at each incident of potholes, hopefully not too many of them, on the merits thereof. We sometimes get excuses of vehicles that hit potholes, and after investigation it proves it wasn't really a pothole that was hit. The, the person was maybe coming home from a party late at night, etc., etc. So we will look at the merits of each and every case. However, if there's damage and you took the waivers, in all probability it would be covered. My waivers cover potholes? Well, in our case it would. Okay, interesting. Wow. Here's one that I don't know the answer to, and I'm pleased I'm talking to you about this. I rent a car, and I don't fill up when I return it. Do you charge me a fee extra? Some car rental companies would charge a refuel admin fee, for yes. that matter. Yeah. But when it comes to the fuel, the actual price of the fuel at the pump is what would be billed to the customer. So if we put 100 rands worth of fuel in, we'll charge you 100 rands worth of fuel. So then I don't need to fill up? You don't need to fill it up. We will in any event, whether you bring the vehicle back to us according to your full or not, take it to the pumps, fill it to where it needs to be filled, and whatever amount is the difference, we will bill you on your car. That's how you can determine uh, what, what, what fuel was used. Uh, what yes. was used. So you take it, to, you've got pumps, are there pumps at every… We, uh, some of the, the, uh, the, the bigger… Locations have got pumps that we use, mm. or we, there's a, uh, an arrangement with a local filling station to do so in in the rural areas. Interesting, this isn't it? Yeah, right? Certainly, yeah. So there's no, sorry, is there no admin fee? If some car rental companies might okay. have, some might not have. Okay, rental companies. Here's another one: charge per day. So if I hire a car vehicle at ten o'clock in the morning, it's got to be back. Remember this, lines. Don't be late. It's got to be ten o'clock back by ten o'clock the next day. Or what happens? You'll be billed for an extra day if it's late. Uh, the, the cycle works on a 24-hour basis. So you are correct. Oh. If you rent the vehicle as of 10 o'clock this morning, it needs to be back by 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. That would constitute one day. Mm -hmm. um, some car rental companies will give you a grace period of a couple of minutes or not. In most cases, a half an hour or 29 minutes to be exact. If you bring it back within that period and bring it back by 10.29, you will not be billed an additional day. However, if it's after that, you will be billed another day. If you're stuck in the traffic on the highway, there's a smash and whatever, you're there for one and a half hours and you just can't get back, that's your bad luck. It's unfortunate. Really? However, you get charged for an entire day. Charged for yeah. an entire day. Wow, yeah. I didn't know this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lance, there you go. Wow, interesting. Moy, okay. Um, by the way, how often does it happen that renters actually disappear with the vehicles? Gone. Unfortunately, it does happen. It's a reality. And we've seen an increase in incidents where vehicles disappear with renters renting on fraudulent credit cards, uh, cloned credit cards, or where syndicates actually target car rental companies. I mean, when you think of it, they're driving out with your car and that's it. They've gone. The next day it's in a chop shop or, or wherever. That is yeah, it's a problem, reality, isn't it? yes. It's horrible, the thought of it. Yeah. Um, 
you, I, I think that you, you use traces and all the rest to find out where the vehicles are. There's a thing called triangulation of cellular phones. What is what does that mean? Well, basically, it's just we, if a vehicle is not returned, um, permission is given in terms of our standard rental agreement mm. that we can use the cell phone number to triangulate where that vehicle could be. It's, it's cell phone tower triangulation that mm. we use, and to determine the approximate position of a vehicle and then we call in the necessary people to assist us with a recovery of the vehicles no it's it's got to be done you've got to find those vehicles whatever are some of your vehicles fitted with uh, a certain management system that can record speeds things like that Uh, as i said earlier to lionel some vehicles do have um, tracking devices which is known in uh, in the public mouth yes some of them are and it would determine speed Braking conditions, etc., etc. Um, in your more expensive vehicles, it would be a standard. Um, and it is that can, used in court? It can be used in court. I was yes. just about to ask that question. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens once again. As I say, when an accident happens and someone finds themselves on the wrong side of having to pay an amount, they they come up with stories, and one has to verify what has happened, and that. Some of the methods we use is to look at the data of the tracking or the management devices to determine speed, braking conditions, etc., etc., prior to and at the time of, of an accident or at the time that the vehicle disappeared. Yeah. What about traffic tickets, traffic fines? Uh do you know the answer to this one? Yeah, uh, uh, they always post it to you. Who paid it to In rental cars? Yes, uh, we we had to pay it ourselves. But where do you get the ticket from? The they remember when you actually send in your documents, uh, they actually can trace it in terms of your residential address and they can actually post it. I've actually had that. But I think Avis pay it and they can recover it. Oh, sorry, the car no, rental companies, no. no we do not pay fines. Um, what we do is we redirect the fines. Yes. So okay. we, we take the details provided by the renter, we provide that to the local authorities, and they would redirect the fine directly to the renter. Yeah. Okay, so you don't pick up any, you don't p- pick it up and debit the, the credit card? No, we yeah. always, uh, the renter will have a right to actually go and object to the fine or what, he's got a legal right to Absolutely. object to the fine. Yes. And yeah. by paying it, we'll take that right away from the renter, which yeah. we don't do. There's a lot of admin to this. I mean, there are thousands and millions of tickets that are... We get a lot of fines. Or not we, the renters yeah, yes. incur a lot of fines <laughs> which arrive on our desks, which we then have to process, and it costs money. And yes. therefore, if a fine is incurred during your rental period, uh, there would be an admin fee for each and every fine in order to process that um, do the redirection. Um, unfortunately, it's labor intensive and there is a cost to that. Is, is there a fee per fine or? It's is a fee per fine. Traffic administration. Uh, fee. What are the car rental car? Is it a, is it a secret more or less? No, or? they all differ. They all differ. What, like 200, 300 or? 250 to 300 odd. Really? Rate. Yeah. You're paying extra for that. It's more than the ticket sometimes. <laughs> unfortunately, no, it's, the, it's the, scary. The, the, the admin involved for 50 rand fine is the same when it would be 4,500 rand fine. Oh, okay. Hence the amount. Wow, interesting. And uh, in terms of the whole uh, process of actually making sure that there are no fines, what do we then do in that case? Let's say somebody says there was a fine and the admin process was actually built on me. Yes. Can I recoup my money back from if, you guys? If it is proven that there was no fine, yes. we will reverse the traffic oh, okay. fine admin fee. Yes. Palessa has a question. Yeah. So Our what happens yeah. with cross-border 
Are these all covered or they have their own different no. terms and conditions? When you, depending on which border you're crossing, there are specific rules. You cannot take the vehicle cross-border without the authorization of the car rental company, written authorization. And depending into which territory you're going, there are certain additional insurances that you have to take out, which is compulsory in that territory, i.e. Mozambique, third-party insurances. You have to have triangles on the vehicles in certain um, territories, which you don't need in other territories. So you have to contact the local uh, rental branch, and they will guide you through the process, um, advise you what to do. They will issue the letters. There is also a, a cost involved because, it's once again, there's admin involved, and also to issue that and or copies of certain of the documentation that will be required, depending on through which border post you go, is, is also labor-intensive. Great. Lance, I hope this, you, you don't need to know the answer to this one, but for anyone, God forbid, that is involved in an accident, what, what should they do? Or what shouldn't they do? I, I mean, think, I know to phone and I think, first of all, uh, the safety of the renter is first and foremost. Um, we must ensure that if there's injuries and whatever, that those take priority and are treated appropriately. Um, then we would suggest that the renter takes as much details as he can from the third party involved in that vehicle um, in order to complete the incident or accident report of the car rental company because that's material for us to trace the third party, especially if the third party was the cause of the accident. Yeah. If we don't have the details, we can't pursue the, the third party and you won't be refunded your liability amount if, if in the event of an unsuccessful recovery. Mm. So then... Once again, as I say, there are incident or accident reports. Fill it in. Never admit liability on the scene. Don't try and settle the accident damage with the third party. That's a breach of the rental terms and conditions because mm -hmm. that takes our right away to go against the third party. Is the first thing someone should do to phone the call center? They, yes. The, all the car rental companies have got it. But once, as I said, first of all, make sure everyone is safe. Yeah. And whoever needs to get to a hospital or medical thing, do that first. Then call the center. You can call the center immediately if you want to because we will. We are also uh, linked with uh, emergency services and we can actually dispatch. When a tow tr uh, truck driver arrives and says I want to take your car, should we deal with don't, you? Don't, don't do, it. do it unless the, the call center gives you permission to do so. Okay. I know it's, it's, it's not that easy. Mm. Uh, you are traumatized. It, <laughs> there is stress, etc. And people just say, oh, please take the vehicle. Yes, that that right. creates a lot of headaches for car rental companies. Mm. Um, because of holding fees and storage fees and towing fees involved. However, if instructions are given by the local metro police or on the scene that the vehicle must be towed, of course, please let it go. Mm -hmm. um, if it's an obstruction to traffic or as a safety risk for other people, then there is no other um, way to deal with it. Okay. But a lot of car rental companies have got their own towing services as well, um, which they then use and utilize to go to the scenes, especially in the large metro areas. Wow. We've just about covered uh, all the questions today, Lines. Anything yes. else you want to ask? I We've just want to ask if I'm going to get a car for free. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, uh, the answer is in the terms and conditions. <laughs> yes. Check and that says no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for the wealth of knowledge. We really appreciate it. And I hope that our podcasters would actually take this to heart and really do their own homeworks before uh, parting for their holiday destinations. Thank yeah. you for the opportunity. Yeah. As I say, and please... It's important. The golden thread is read your terms and conditions. Know what you're in for. Know what you're covered for. Your do's and your don'ts. It's material. It will save you a lot of headache 
pain and suffering afterwards. Don't mm-hmm. assume that certain things are covered or not covered in terms of the vehicle that you are taking. Yeah, excellent advice. You've been listening to Eugene Tome. He's the Group Legal Advisor, Barla World Automotive, and that includes uh, Avis Budget. Avis Budget. You've been with Avis for 100 years, I think. How long have you been with them? I've been there 20 years. Well, wow. Yeah, there's probably very few legal minds that know what uh, Eugene knows and uh, has his experience. Fantastic. Lovely to have you in studio. Many thanks for this, Eugene. And to our listeners, take care over the festive season. And if you're going to hire a car, please just make sure you do it right. On that note, see you next time. Cheers. Law, like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.